0: One, two, three, four. four.
1: Spoils of Akron. We're talking buildings. Buildings of the past. And of the now.
0: Spoils of Akron. The Spoils of Akron Podcast. Hi, Chris. Hello, Liz. How are you today?
1: I'm really, really good. The sun is shining. We are officially into spring season as of yesterday.
0: It's official. So
1: I've been told. Um, I don't think I was even aware of that yesterday, but I saw some posts last night on social media that that, that happened. Yes. Um, so happy spring, everybody. Happy spring to you. It's one Me of too. my favorite seasons. Spring and fall, the transitional seasons are my favorites. Because they just represent a new and they're just, they have these qualities about them. Spring specifically has um, this sort of, I don't know, it, it feels like I get this sense of re- rejuvenation and energy, and I love the, the newness of it all and the brightness of it all. So we've got that going for us. Um, we'll have uh, you know some rain and so forth, but then the next thing you know, we're going to have beautiful flowers everywhere. I love going to the gardens in late spring in Akron. I love seeing the baby goslings going down the canal behind uh, the ballpark, things like that. Are you feeling me on any I'm, of this, I'm Chris? I'm definitely
0: feeling you, Yes. I, I love spring as well. I just feel like we don't get enough of these transitional seasons. Yeah, but you know? they're, I,
1: I, they're great. I, I, I they come and go so
0: quickly, but yeah, they're a- great. April they're and
1: May, I do love April and May. Me too. Well, I want to introduce our guest today. At the beginning, I mentioned we're going to talk about buildings, um, buildings from the past, buildings from the now, and and of course that's going to also uh, lead us to the future. We have a very very talented uh, architect with us who is. Right here in this neighborhood, her firm is just across the way in what we call the Hermes Building here in downtown Akron in the Historic District. Welcome, Lauren Burge. Thank you for being here.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Happy spring.
1: Happy spring. Lauren, see, I could see in her eyes. you You have beautiful green eyes, and I get the sense that you're excited for spring.
2: I am. It's my favorite season. See,
1: I do. I, she gets it. I love Easter. For the, it, it's the holiday that takes place and the colors and the freshness of it and the daffodils that just does it for me. It's just so happy and so pretty. All right. Well, I mentioned that you're an architect, of course, but you're not just an architect. You're a key architect in this city. You are a restoration architect. You have a partner. Your firm is called Chambers, Murphy, and Burge. You, of course, are Lauren Burge, and you are one of the key players responsible for some of these beautifully renovated buildings in our city as well as really uh, incredible works throughout Ohio. When you think of uh, what you think of as your magnum opus, your greatest success as an architect, what what building or structure comes to mind for you?
2: Wow, that's that's a tough question because... Usually the one I'm working on right now is my favorite.
1: Well, that's a great answer. (laughs)
2: Um, It means you love what you do. I do. I do. I love what I do. Um, Our firm is old. Um, We're the second generation. Elizabeth Murphy and I um, joined the firm and took over the management of it over 20 years ago. And um, we had offices in Medina, but we... She lived in Akron, I lived in Akron, and we were growing and said, you know what? We need to make our lives easier and move our offices to downtown Akron. And at that time, there was no downtown historic district. There was nothing. So, can
1: you give us a time frame, approximately? Um, gosh, this I know was... you asked me not to ask you about.
0: <laughs> and that's like the first thing she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. when was I that?
1: Before the podcast began, the only request Lauren had was, "Don't ask me years because <laughs> I don't remember years." Days. So, Lauren, can you tell me what year you?
2: <laughs> no, but I... I mean,
1: okay, a decade. Was this in the seventies or? Oh
2: no, 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 no! This was in the nineties. Okay, so um, you know, we didn't have a historic district downtown that's Um, how new this is that's how new it this is and um, we met Tony Tropy we were looking for space to rent and um, for our firm with our work across the country in historic preservation it was really important for us to be in a historic building to be in a historic district to really um, be about the place we were in we were moving our offices back to Akron for our convenience, but we were really had could see that there was some so much potential here. So our our deal with our new landlord was we'll move into your building, um, but we want to nominate a National Register District for all these beautiful historic buildings here. We'll do that part for free, um, but then you'll renovate the building per the standards and and will be your first historic district tenant um
1: like you don't know how jazzed i get when i <laughs> when i hear that story like she they are the reason right along with tony that the whole building that is, this neighborhood came it, to be yes, what people catalysts. know it as now mm-hmm. so um
2: we you know we talked to people at the city and and there's a lot of fear out there that if I have a historically designated building, I won't be able to do what I want with it. and That's just not true. Um, You can tear it down. You can paint it purple. You can do whatever you want with the National Register
1: District. As someone who's lived in the same building you have your office in and has a business in a building adjacent to that. I can attest to that. We have done pretty much anything we wanted <laughs> without much restriction, and but respectfully so, but with a lot of creative freedom. So,
2: well, what having a district means is that you qualify for um, federal historic tax credits when you invest in these historic buildings. So this was a tool. It's an economic development tool that really helps the whole community. Um,
0: Right, and I, I wish more uh, buildings downtown would, someone would apply, because don't you agree that we tear down a lot of buildings here in Akron that could be saved in the same way that Hermes Building was saved?
2: We we certainly, you know, have the tools in place to do it, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's a slow-growing process, um, but we from that first district which was the main market district then there became the south main district and then the main exchange district so really all the way from exchange street all the way up main street to here to market street is almost contiguous uh, historic district so all of the buildings in this area are designated recognized and um can use those historic tax credits so, it's a beautiful
1: and, thing and a lot of them are sure tony's is. and and so we it's we can't have this conversation today without crediting him um uh the kaiser comes to mind and i love that building it, Is that gothic am i the correct the gothic
2: building where, well, where the, nuevo is, is is a historic building is
1: the, is the kaiser a gothic style am i correct um, the Kaiser Building
2: is—we call that Italianate. Okay. Um,
1: or Eastlake. I just noticed it has like this sort of pointed windows, but I wasn't sure, and you would know obviously much better. But it's—it's it's incredible. There are um, great old historic buildings up and down Main Street. You're right. And I know the ones by the Civic are a big—I don't know—call it topic of conversation these days in terms of what to do with those. Do we tear them down? Do we restore them? Um, can we find? Tenants uh, and things like that. And they obviously need a lot of work internally. What is your uh, view on that particular situation? Because it is a big discussion right now with uh, the city officials and residents of the city who either work here or live here want to know why it's been vacant so long. Um, A lot of that had to do with some of the
2: economics, what happened in 2008, Um, you know. And what do you mean by that? Well, with, you know, the the recession, a, a recession the, the, the recession. ability the ability for people to get loans um, to do projects got harder got more lengthy in terms of project um, and these these tax credits are what kind of sometimes tip the scales in, in the ability to rehabilitate it's the difference between a project being successful or not i know the city's very anxious to see those get invested in and all of those projects um they're not ours but um the owner supplied for the tax credits so that'll be announced in june um whether or not they get them um so there's a potential for something to really happen there um in since the 90s we've seen the united get rehabilitated um, the United, the, Gothic, the United, it, just to the Gothic.
1: Direct. Everybody is the building on the corner of Main and Market. The taller uh, structure, very beautiful structure, across the street from the Federal Building. It's got the number one on the corner there. You've probably seen that lit up.
0: Former TV studio. That is hands right down in the window. one
1: of my favorite buildings. I love when it's lit up at night, um, and you can see they. It has these um, sort of faux columns up top mm-hmm. on the uppermost level, which ordinarily you'd see those lower uh ground level typically but so they're obviously more decorative i'm assuming but they look so beautiful at night well that
2: that's an era of neoclassicism that
1: um, divides
2: a tall slender shaft of a building just the way you would divide up a column so a classical column has a base a shaft and a top so the building is set up the same way where the first two floors are the base and then the middle floors are the shaft, and then the top is the capital of the building.
1: I feel like you're like trying to romance me right now. <laughs> I love that kind of talk. It's
0: a very suggestive language.
1: <laughs> it, you no, it is amazing. beautiful. It, it is, you know, what's it's a beautiful lovely, language, the language of architecture.
2: Uh, uh, lovely to talk about architecture and and, and what's special. It is um, I in think our it's community a... and our buildings and. Um, so
0: they're pieces of art that we have, that we exist in, and don't even appreciate the building oh, sometimes yeah. for oh. the artistry behind them. Oh,
2: we definitely do. And one of the wonderful things about, you know, architectural history is they have stories that go with them. They have layers of stories. Um, every building, you know, in its decade of when it was built, is uh, a reflection of what was going on at the time. So you see buildings from the 19, or maybe the 19th century, the uh, Victorian, very highly decorative, um, things like Hauer House that are kind of over the top. And then that was really rejected um, in the early 20th century in the arts and crafts movement where they said, these Victorian buildings were really machine produced. They were showing off the technology of new machining and pieces parts were made in factories the industrialization and in the early 20th century during the arts and crafts movement they rejected all of that so the craftsman bungalows you see around town those are simplified all the details are streamlined there's a celebration of carpentry and masonry and craft
1: the shakers i want to say were responsible shakers for are much
2: much earlier much They're earlier
1: different. much cleaner lines and things yeah. like that not so arts and crafts okay well, um, That's early
2: early 19th century.
1: But were they in this area? Shakers... Or were they more in Pennsylvania? Some, I want to um, say...
2: Shakers were... Uh, there was a settlement at, near Cleveland, which okay. is Shaker Heights. Okay. Um, there was a large one in Kentucky. But they were all about simplicity and craft, and everything they made was very simple but very beautiful.
1: And purposeful, right? And, it was and meant to very, be f- Very functional.
2: functional.
1: Right. <laughs> you should teach... We should have, like, lunchtime architectural we can talk seminars about, yeah. and music. I love this. <laughs> we can talk about buildings, sure. Oh, my gosh. I love
0: it. And
2: that's the wonderful thing about having these here. You can learn from them. You can learn about history. They're a physical reminder of history, of our local history. We have so much here in Akron that's really we, we, rich and great. We also have great. the John Brown
0: House and some of the, the Historical Society properties, which have amazing stories connected to them. Yeah, and a we, lot have, of history we have we here Stan here.
2: Hewitt, which is true, a story unto itself,
0: a gem. Named the the number one attraction by USA Today, wasn't it? Really, Stan Hewitt. I think Th- yeah. last year. I mean, I
1: believe it. I I think it's outstanding, but yeah. that's I a nationwide number line. one
0: historic attraction. I think was the designation. Do you remember? I, I didn't see it.
1: Wow, that's super, super awesome. I know you said you don't have a, a favorite. Um, do you remember your first major project? Say when you when you graduated from college, was there, um, do you remember your earliest? <laughs> yeah, um, I worked on Trinity
2: Lutheran Church just around the corner here okay. to repair the steeples. Um, went out into the field and measured pieces of stones that were... Um, needed to be duplicated um, they were deteriorated so we measured each single piece and then drew them so that they could be recut
1: Is that the church by through. Grace Park? Yep, right across Wow, from that's there. a beautiful structure It's a fabulous building It sure is um, do, you, do, do you work on churches a lot? Is that...
2: Uh, some um, First Congregational that, is one of our company's projects which they, they're a wonderful client a wonderful community beautiful building Um, part of the Akron plan um, style which is you know Akron influence we always talk about uh, Akron has influenced the country there's terms and methods and styles of architecture Hmm. that originated here and were influenced um, other places across the country and one of them is the Akron plan which is uh, started by Lewis Miller Um, For the Methodist Church, the building's now no longer here, but that style and type of plan is known all over the country. People refer to it. And it was originally intended to be part of the Sunday school where you would have different little rooms where each age group of children would go and get their little Sunday school lesson, and then they would reconvene in the center um, for their kind of final get-together celebration praise so that influenced um, all over the country a particular type of early um, from mid 19th century all the way into the 20th century style of um, church architecture
1: you'll hear that term all over the world the Akron Plan. The Akron Plan. Chris, Akron that's so plan. cool.
0: I know. I had to take notes on that one. That was, that was really interesting. Are
1: there, are there any others in the area that oh. you can reference that where mm-hmm. people could see that today that that are still standing? The uh,
2: old St. Paul's Episcopal here on um, on Market that's the was the ballet center for the University of Akron. Beautiful that's one of That's a phenomenal building, and that that is an Akron Plan church. Uh, First Congregational Church um, is one of the Akron Plan churches. There's I think still one up on North Hill. They're all over the country. They're everywhere. And um, there's
1: plenty here if people got interested. There's fewer and fewer here. What a great tour idea, right? Get mm-hmm. on the trolley and take these architectural tours of Akron. Um, I mean, I love... I studied art history, and so, you know, I learned what the term ecclesiology meant, you know, the study of church architecture, and I loved learning about the the different structural elements, the nave and the transept and the buttresses. and, But really... Um, even far before that, long before that, I should say, as a child, I just remember just staring at these beautiful structures inside and out. You know, I was raised going to church um, up until a certain age, and I just the beauty of the structures just occurred to me every time I was around meant them. Meant to inspire. They are, they are, and it's incredible because, you know, say what you will about religion or the rules of religion, and there's a lot of controversy, and some people go to church these days and some don't, but nonetheless, these buildings are works of art, whether you believe on what they stand for or don't, everybody's entitled to what they believe, but the buildings, as far as I'm concerned, are all to be respected. And, and the craftsmanship behind them and the history and what they were meant to do, um, whether you know they achieved that for every person or not. But what about the idea? I, I, I really think it's neat how some people have taken um, churches and converted them into things like restaurants and pubs and theaters. How do you feel about that? I, I like, like to see like buildings. Like the well
0: CDC, correct? <laughs> yeah, and right there's the, the Sorry, yeah, what is it, it called?
1: Okay. The church brew in Pittsburgh comes to mind. I, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, I like to see
2: buildings as much as possible used for what they're used, uh, you know, int- originally intended to be used for. That's, that's kind of a preservation uh, discipline. Um, we love to see cities maintain their congregations. There's good influence that happens that's been studied from uh, many. Uh, there's a um, nonprofit organization based in Philadelphia called Partners for Sacred Places and they did a, a phenomenal study. It's titled The Halo Effect that talks about historic churches in the city and what that does. So.
1: No, and I think it, it's so true. I feel like um, the churches have gotten a bad name in recent decades, we'll say, and um, it does seem like their attendance numbers have gone down. Um, but moreover, you cannot deny that what the church represents as a building and as uh, the congregations within and, and the um, clergies and so forth, they – there's been so much good within and so much done on such huge levels uh, and, and how many people they actually help and inspire and get help people get through hard times. And so that's just an incredible thing to think about that there are specific buildings that have housed, if you will, so many um, experiences, such powerful spiritual experiences throughout the world. They're very special buildings. Um, but then the architectural sort of structural, physical side of it is, and a beautiful art form as well. It's almost like you can separate the two or you can think of them as conjoined, but each is worth good discussion. There's a, you know, in the 60s, 50s,
2: there was sort of movement outside the city center for people to live outside, but more and more people are moving back into the city center, so everything's changing right now. Sure. It's exciting.
0: The, well, speaking of buildings, the Cascade Lofts yes. are amazing you talk about restoring an old building and 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 living downtown to tie into that i mean just that is a piece of art being in some of those uh, spaces
1: yeah that was uh the old abtech warehouse at north and howard and we used to wander around in there when it was abtech <laughs> because
2: yep. it's all kinds of cool things to find
1: exactly um, you know it's a treasure trove of of what some people will call junk for sure, but um if you're an artist or a handyman or something like that, you're gonna find all kinds of neat things. And we used to find, you know, you just see like mounds of casters and um filing cabinets and things that's what we were there for. We used to take old brown and tan and black filing cabinets and um clean them up and and paint them up and mm-hmm. make them look like cool pop pieces of Pop furniture, um, so we used to play around in there and get all dusty and dirty. So it's it's neat to see things get transformed, especially so dramatically within a relatively short time. Because that place was chock full. Of, it was like an indoor junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an interesting
2: building. It's part of the Cascade Lock, Locks um, National Register Historic District. So that did use tax credits that um, oh, to so you to mean get the, the rehabilitate store
0: and not those other are, are they all they're all part that? of that district okay. gotcha.
2: um with the um the cascade lofts building that was part of the Swinehart tire and rubber company um it was a factory that took over um an old mill one of the schumacher mills uh, the original mill building is gone but that was kind of an addition that happened when the rubber company took over the buildings um, the interesting thing about our, our industrial properties here is a lot of them were built by bridge building, co- or engineered by bridge building companies. So in that building, there's some wonderful bolted together ironwork. It's just hmm. really wow. interesting, unique um industrial character in it and um it's a it's a really interesting place to live the the units are very cool and it's got great amenities you can walk downtown you can get on your bike and bike anywhere um along the trail so it's a it's a great project we're, we're excited to see that one um be finished and
1: It's great. I mean, if you you just make it a point to ride your bike or walk around downtown or any specific setting where there's uh, old historic buildings, to really do it for the sole purpose of paying homage to the buildings and really feasting your eyes on the different beautiful elements and the different styles and designs. And then, you know, and then there's the innards. There's the, you know, if you can get yourself inside, whether it's an open access situation or you need to break the rules and knock out a window. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Some exploring um, when you know when I was in college, I, there, I might have ignored a sign or two, but not I didn't break anything. I didn't break any windows, but you know I was photographing and I was I loved architecture and I so anyway I would come to places, you know downtown Cleveland, Akron, what have you, and kind of just explore. But um, it's just fun to get in, get you know check out the outside and then get in the inside and really just pay attention to the building sometimes because some, we are all so caught up in our lives and our schedules and the soul purpose of us being in a spot like a coffee shop or what have you. But if you really stop and notice where you're at, there's really incredible things to take in. Um, A lot that's owed to people like yourself who put their hearts and minds and talents to work. Um, I can see in your eyes when you talk about these buildings and these places, you still have such joy and respect and it makes I just I just see happiness and passion. So, which is a beautiful thing because you've been doing this for a few decades and you still have a great love for it. I do. I can tell that, like you said, you're still loving, in love with the current project you're working on. What is it right now that you're working on, by the way?
2: Um, Right now, let's see, we are working on converting some historic schools to senior housing. Um, The schools, they're building new schools. Um, So we're taking some of the old ones and making them into senior housing. Um, We're working on a really interesting building in downtown Worcester. Um, Let's see. What else? Have you
1: done any barns?
2: I have not done too many barns. Just one or two. I've heard about. Just one or two.
1: Okay. I was going to say, I've heard about that happening a few times, you know, whatever, throughout Ohio uh, this Push for barn restoration. Some some that still have the the structure, the bones, if you will, for a project like that. Um, sometimes people have weddings, and then they might turn them into event spaces or something. But I wasn't sure if you barns done that are yet. really cool. They As are someone who's a they're, they're novice
0: with stuffers. architecture and everything. Barns are just
2: barns so are a wonderful awesome. type. They. They convey a lot about the people who built them. You know, a lot of them were sort of our pioneers, the very um, early ones that are heavy timber. They they convey craftsmanship. Um, it's really quite a skill to put them together, to engineer them, to um, you know put those that joinery. The craftsmanship is is incredible. Um, they different types represent different. Cultures, so there are German barns and there are English barns, and um, it depended on who the settlers were and, and their their traditions in terms of building. So you can, there are cultural geographers who read the patterns of how people moved westward um, by the buildings, so and the buildings neat. that were built. So Ohio is really the first melting pot because we were the Northwest Territory. Um, so the first, you know, New England was uh, more English. The eastern seaboard, um, like New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, were more German. And then uh, the southern states were different entirely. And then as, as people moved westward, they started to sort of merge their cultures. So here in northeast Ohio, um, the northern part, the western reserve, is more New Englanders. And everybody in Stark County and Tuscarawas County were more German. They were more Pennsylvania. So we had this little uh, Ohio and Erie Canal, which is why Akron's here, um, connected those German and English cultures. So we see actually sort of a merge coming right through here. And, you know, Akron's history had big German settlements um, as well as sort of that merge of um, Yankees and, uh, and and the German... Culture.
0: sure yeah and I still see the merging of cultures or bringing different cultures kind of at a meetup point in Northeast Ohio
1: Chris Definitely. I hope you've been writing all this down because this is good information I, it is fascinating. Well, you great. mentioned the
0: I'm...
2: the Kaiser building mm. um, which has mm-hmm. a I love other, the Kaiser uh, It's a great the upper floor was called a it was a German singing society so people who lived here in Akron who were German of German descent and spoke a lot of German would get together and have Sangerfests.
1: Sangerfests.
2: Sangerfests. Sangerfests. So they would get together and they would have singing clubs and I they would compete against would... other groups...
1: I think I would want some sangria it's like at Sanger my fest. Sanger fest. It's like
0: Glee. <laughs> well, there
2: was there was more beer. There was a lot yeah, of. No, I'm you, sure you can go through the newspapers and no read Spanish about uh, when we were doing the history research on that. There were there were reports of the grand opening and how it was much enlivened by the refreshment stand, which had
1: <laughs> a lot of beer. <laughs> Understood. Well, if anyone we roll isn't familiar, the Kaiser is the tall, slender red brick building. Um, it's across the street from Cilantro, if that's a good reference for you, uh, and is um, right next to the gravel parking lot you might park in sometimes for the Rubber Ducks games um, on Main Street. Great structure. Let's name some of the others. I mean, there's Castle Hall, which is mm-hmm. where Crave is. Right here in this neighborhood, we have Castle Hall, again, where Crave is. Um, you're across the alley where Three Point used to be. That particular structure is the Hermes, of course. Right. And it's conjoined with the larger structure, which is the Everett. Um, a lot of people know that that's where, you know, the recent fires took place. And that was a fun time for all of us.
2: That's that building's maybe third fire.
1: There's something about it. <laughs> <laughs> that building is a fire And fi- it's
2: still there. It's a
1: fire sign. It, you know, <laughs> some people are water signs. Some are, are That air sign's. That building has a personality, and it's a fire sign. It it did. It was many years ago. Um, the Symphony Building is that. It correct? was the
2: Academy of Music. Academy which was of Music. Definitely our our community's
1: opera house. Okay. It um, was a very big to do. It was quite a big to do. And we're talking nineteenth century. Correct. And that burned completely. Like uh, it was rebuilt after that, right? It almost
2: yeah. The the it had originally a mansard roof like the Howard House would
1: have had. What is a mansard
2: roof? Um, mansard roofs come from France where there was a law that said you could only build a building so many stories. So the clever French um, took their pitched roofs and just angled them up a little steeper so they could fit one more floor, but Uh. it was under the roof, so Hmm. it didn't count. (laughs) So so clever. We we call that style Second Empire, which refers to the Second Empire of France Um, and we borrowed that um, during the 19th century here and uh, so it had a mansard roof like that and the mansard roof was lost in the fire so when they rebuilt it they actually added another floor so the original building was shorter
1: well one of those buildings was my home for quite some time um, 10 years actually Uh, we lived upstairs from you and so i have a special place in my heart for them Um, and for this one that we're in right now um, for obvious reasons this is where um, Jason and I have run a business for some time and so I want to sincerely thank you for um, the work you did and they mean a lot to me and they were a big part of my life for a long time now and I love them to death I I look at the walls every day and and um, I appreciate them very much every day you did a a beautiful beautiful job with all of these this particular building that we're in where Musica is and where the uncorked wine bar do you refer to it as the is it the Dixon Transfer I know I should know, but I feel like this one doesn't have a name like the Castle Hall and Hermes and that. It's the
0: Liz and Jason. It's, it's definitely don't, don't not. You know?
1: Sometimes when we're researching history,
2: we don't find a particular you know name or associated, so it's just nominated under its address or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. but it is
1: an old historical one. We found something so cool one day in Musica. I should say Dave Riley found it with us or showed it to us. There was a um, a, a rusty ring with like a mount or like. Uh, what would you call it? Um, anyway, it was supplanted into the brick wall, uh, and there was a ring hanging from it, a mm-hmm. loose ring. And I guess he told us it's from back when the horses used to come inside to that space and get tied up. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Because that's dating back to, obviously, much earlier times. Um, and I guess this alleyway was for the trolleys to come through or for the buses or something? I'm not sure. The The, the brick alley itself was... For the, oh, well, the trolley bars, the barn trolley is barn on the is other side. further down. So the trolleys came up
2: Main Street.
1: Okay, so maybe I'm just thinking, maybe they used to bring the horses down to as far as where Musica is now and pull them in that way. Um, but yeah, when they converted Musica, that space, I mean, it was a gravel floor. You know, people, it's easy to take for granted when you're in a space what it looks like at a given mm-hmm. time, but um, what it used to be is, is always a whole other story. And like you said, if, basically, if these walls could talk, Uh, The older walls, that is. Uh, They would have some stories. I have to ask, um, since you go into these buildings and they're sometimes abandoned for Mm -hmm. some periods of time, you must come across some super creepy things. Like, what is the creepiest or weirdest thing that you can remember? Any bones, any bodies? Uh, Um,
0: Aliens. (laughs) Any any
1: live people that weren't supposed to be there? No. No. It was Liz around for oh, No, I've walked
2: into buildings, like opened the door and walked in and said, we have a dead animal in here. It's I need to call somebody to get this out because you, you could tell when you open the door. Um, nothing horrible. Mostly things that are interesting. Um, you know, the leftovers of people's lives. And you try and kind of put those stories together. And right. Go, well, the discarded what was this items. About? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, our office, when uh, Hurricane Katrina happened uh, several years ago, we all went down um, in shifts and and helped um, down there as volunteers. And that was the most devastating um, experience, I think, of my career, is just walking a city and seeing, you know, walking for hours and seeing no one, seeing everything abandoned. Um, people just left their lives behind and... And their
0: area is still damaged there. Yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty I incredible. Re, re, revitalized, I guess you could say.
1: That's thank you for doing that. Were you? Do you feel that you were um, able to help, or was it something so overwhelming that you you felt like, boy, this needs more than just. What, did you feel like there was a difference to, that could be made at that time, or did it, was it just so overwhelming? Um, progress got made pretty quickly, but it was... That's great to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, even in, you know, the,
2: the weeks that we were going down there, there was, you know, changes every week. You know, this week power was on, but the, the incredible impact was just shocking.
1: Yeah, daunting. Wow. What a task. You know, just... You know, imagine walking
2: through Akron and, and seeing no one for hours. It, just, it
1: was hmm. so know, strange. It's very strange. scary Yeah. Oops. scary. <laughs>
0: the same Jinx. Time. Jinx.
1: Do you remember we had to go in the basement of our building one time with flashlights? What was that about? Oh, it was a tornado. That's right. Yes. We I all... was like, what was it? It was, yeah. yeah it
2: was a, a tornado, and we all <laughs> sat in the basement and drank wine. Yeah, we...
1: With flashlights. <laughs> with flashlights. <laughs> well, speaking of wine, may I? Yes, sure. Okay, this is a good segue. Um, you and your husband, yes, who is also an architect, Correct. and has a firm next door to the one that you are partners in. Uh, he has his own, and he focuses more on modern architecture, um, and he does you know great things. If anyone's been to Bravo at Summit Mall, that's her husband's work, and, and he's got many other. Uh, he, he did designed Neu- Nuevo, Nuevo and Crave. Crave. So uh, he's very, very talented as well. But the reason I really bring him up is that you have a new venture together, and yep. this is also in a very interesting space, right? Mm-hmm. So Keevan White, who owns Whitespace Creative, uh, a very successful marketing firm in town that used to be above Musica, and is now in... A restored building. Mm-hmm. It used to be the Akron Soap Company. Originally it was the Akron
2: Soap Company, but they got booted out after about, Booted! Yeah, they got booted out by the city, and all the neighbors complained because it smelled. Um, oh, they had Akron move.
1: doesn't like to be clean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently not. Well,
2: the no. soap making right. process is not a pleasant one. right? And so they lasted about 10 years, and then it became... Um, The pioneer cereal company where they milled grain for quite a few years and there was a huge like 100,000 bushel silo there and so yeah our company is in the bottom of the silo
1: (laughs) okay well so to uh i want to give people a little directional here if you take furnace street Uh, let's say you're coming from Luigi's and you hang right on Furnace and you keep going until you get to what is the street right there that it's actually on it's a it's a large structure basically right at the base of that there's a little fork in the road that little you go under an overpass for a train and I apologize Mm -hmm. I don't know the name off the bat of the uh, street right there I feel like one of us should know yeah it's Furnace and North it's North Street Furnace and North okay that's it then and it's the very large structure, which is newly um, renovated. If you've driven by it in recent months and noticed, it's got a new black top parking area attached to it. And the building might look like it's gotten a facelift, which it certainly has. But holy cow, if people could all see the interior of this space, which is huge. This is a very big building. Um, so, white space it is their new location and their owner has done an incredible job and can i just say that kevin um, comes in here for lunch uh, regularly if you will and came in during that good couple of years not in his normal work attire but in ripped up jeans and and t-shirts with plaster and dust all over them and you know grit under his nails because he he did a lot of that him Hands on, um, put his heart and soul into restoring a building. Did you guys have a hand in that? I'm we, assuming we did. We yeah. we
2: helped Kevin with the um, whole tax credit application, which we just got our today final approval. Um, so that's a good Congrats. good thing. Congrats! <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, helped him restore, you know, make the plans to restore the building. It's really wonderful working with White Space. They're, they're a whole group of creative people. So, uh, you know, the vision White. was already uh, big when we, were, uh, when we got involved. So the, it was really fun to be a part of. Um, great building, great story. And, and they really celebrate it. Um, they're really creative and fun to work with.
1: We got to uh, do a little catering job in there just before before the staff was even moved in and all that fun stuff. He started to have some small events in there, which is really neat that he plans to continue to do, to do that sort of thing and use it not just for his own um, professional purposes, but he wants to have community and 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 artists and live music and events in there. He wants to have artists to studio spaces, things like that, which maybe he doesn't want me to Put all of that on blast but i know that 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 there's a bigger picture in that building for him um maybe hence the size and you as you said in the very uh lower level is it the lowest level we're yeah we're all the way down okay we're a
2: cellar yeah well,
1: exactly <laughs> very appropriate because getting back to the wine yeah You and Alan, your husband, are now in the wine distribution Mm -hmm. business. We do. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very new
2: venture for you. Something we've been passionate about for a long time and um, really started when we were architecture students studying abroad in Italy. We fell in love with Italy, their food, culture, wine, especially. Um, and there are 300 varietals of wine in Italy. You'll never learn them all unless you're Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so we always talked about what we would do to bring these wines to people here. Wow. And uh, so about a, about a year ago, this opportunity presented itself. So we've started this venture and having a having really wonderful time with it. It's
1: it's always a good time sampling wine, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And wine is good for you, too. Yeah.
1: Do you have a favorite variety, Chris? Do you um, like red? Do you like, like white? I like reds. Yeah, okay. dry
0: reds, mm-hmm. you know, like Cabernets. Cabernets? And, yeah, I definitely enjoy some of that until my teeth turn red, actually. Yeah, then, there's then a, then these
2: wine wipes you can get <laughs> to no clean way. your teeth off when wine you're done Wine wipes? With, yeah, wine wipes.
1: <gasps> Genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say, when it comes to... Italian wine. Um, I think, I think I like Pinot Noirs best. I tend to gravitate towards those. But um, y- you know, a lot of the red wines I like—they're not always Italian. I love a good Bordeaux. I like South American wines, Argentinian wines. They're all wonderful. Chilean wines. They sure but, are. But yeah, you—I mean, you. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm looking at you, like but, you like, but you—but you obviously know a lot more about it than I do. Um, is it something that? Um, even at, you know if you retire from being an architect one day is this something you sort of is this a project you want to sort of continue on with even beyond that because you're just starting oh, yeah. this, at we're this just point. starting
2: this. We um, we have some great clients, great customers. Um, Crave is one mm-hmm. right here around the corner. Um, mustard Seed Market, they're one. So um, we love working with all the local, you know, restaurants and, and lo- small retailers, boutique. Because a lot of the wines that we bring in are small producers. They don't they don't make tons of wine. They're not they're small boutique producer so um it's fun working with these smaller companies and really um bringing something special and different
1: so your involvement or your um you know your occupying of the space and in, in kevin's building is uh you're renting part of that space in order to store your product mm-hmm. is that essentially it? Mm-hmm. excellent um is it something where you can
2: and there are cameras everywhere don't oh. try and get in oh should i not
0: <laughs> she's already plotting her route <laughs>
1: I've said too as, much. As as I've we said we press stop
0: on the <laughs> computer.
1: Can, I, well, what I was going to say is, can you tell anybody some of the labels they can look for at, sure. at Crave and at Mustard Seed?
2: Sure. Um, we have uh, a lovely uh, cab blend called Infatuation. Mm. Um, it's at, uh, at Crave. They have that. Um, at Mustard Seed, one of the ones we have is called Elki. It's a Carmenier from South America, from uh, Chile.
1: Okay, so you have some South yeah, American wines. From, from not Chile. just not just the We love
2: Carminiere, it's it's the the lost Bordeaux. So everybody knows the Kay. five Bordeaux varietals. I need um, to try that. And there was a, a great disease called phloxera that almost wiped out all the French grapes. <gasps> Chris. Including it did wipe out the <laughs> Carminiere. Did That's wipe out the Carmenere. <laughs> That's not good, you <laughs>
1: And But by the fortunately, way. it survived in Chile, so we have carmineer from Chile. Nice. I'm, I'm going to look for that. That would be a lovely gift for somebody. Um, I saw you taking hardcore notes, by the way, while she was talking about wine more than architecture. <laughs> <laughs> just, I like to talk about
0: saying. both. I was being very diligent. So what's the name of your uh, It's called company.
1: Bottle to
2: Glass. Bottle to Glass. Okay. We're a distributor. So we sell to retailers okay. or wholesaler
1: well when we uh, interviewed Aaron Hervey who you mentioned mm-hmm. owner of Crave on the last podcast the week before last uh, we had some fun with him we talked about the new cantina of course yes. and I thought it'd be fun to give him a little quiz on some Mexican culture very okay. simple stuff kind of You one question was really easy but in any case we had a special request, uh, from what I understand, from one Roger Riddle, who saw Chris and said, I like the quiz. Do more of the quizzes. Do quizzes. So okay. I came up with some quiz questions test. for you today. Oh, I hope it passed. <clears throat> Just to warm you up. Did you, you study up. Okay. <laughs> I,
2: no, not at all. It's
1: going to be brief. We're okay. talking three questions. Okay. This isn't going to be, and I'm, d- I'm going to warm you up with an easy one. You're going to okay. like this one. Okay. <clears throat> Chris, I don't know if you'll know this. Which house did the three little pigs stay the safest in, based solely on structural support? That—that that was brick. Chris, what do you think?
0: Um, I—I I, I agree. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Of course it was.
0: I'm, I'm gonna call a friend on that one.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna call a friend. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, of course. It was the brick one. Way to go, little bricklayer piggy. You saved the day. We all know what you did. Okay, so question number two. A <clears throat> little more difficult here. The Gothic building, mm-hmm. it's a trick question, Okay, is a mix of which two architectural styles?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, should be Gothic Revival and
1: Neoclassicism. I'm going to just say yes, because okay. I feel like you're smarter than the internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she probably is. I know, I know she knows. Oh, <laughs> you know what? It might be Romanesque. It's, Roman a, Re- S- it's or, a
1: Renaissance Revival and oh, Romanesque,
2: yeah. Oh no.
1: But I didn't see any Tudor nah. elements. So no, no. Nope. Internet, nope. you let me down. Well, now I feel like all, my, all my quizzes are. It's fault. But, you know, you think Tudor, we all know what we're talking about, the Tudor homes with the beams. It does that. have what
2: we would call Tudor arches. Uh-oh. And um, It certainly predates that high popularity of Tudor architecture um, in the U.S., which came over after World War II.
1: Well, see, I shouldn't even, I should scratch my answers and just ask the questions because I feel like we're, <laughs> we're going to learn from you despite whatever I came up with. So, the, again, the Gothic building, um, which is where Nuevo is, everybody, it's at the corner of Mill and High. Um, we don't usually give so many directions for everything, but it's important in the case of mm-hmm. referencing buildings. Um, so, and that's a beautiful example of what was an abandoned space that Tony and... It was
2: empty for 20 years. Wow.
1: So Tony and your husband got a hold of it. And and Zach Hurt and Lisa Hurt, of course, the restaurateurs, and made something beautiful happen there. It's a very popular spot. Total success. Food is yummy. It's a beautiful story. Um, okay, third question. Okay. You mentioned we all talked about the United building on mm-hmm. the corner of Maiden Market. Um, why is it called the United Building? It
2: is called the United <gasps> Building because it was built by the United Cigar Company.
1: Yay! I love her. She's so smart. She got it. <laughs> High five. A pluses. <laughs> Yay. Well, you passed with flying colors. Excellent. I think you're entitled to all the popcorn you want tomorrow. Excellent. I'll be here. Lauren likes... I'm not kidding. People love our popcorn. But when I think of who loves our popcorn the most... It's me. It is Lauren.
0: It's some pretty good popcorn. It is, it is Lauren. I'll give her that.
1: She's got a beat, dude. I don't
0: yeah, I know. But you're, you
1: love our coffee.
0: I love our coffee. Yes, yeah, so your coffee. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I appreciate. I, I only do this
0: podcast for the free coffee. Did, <laughs> did I mention that? I'm just kidding.
1: I appreciate uh, you doing my little quiz. I oh, know it's that kind was of, fun. Uh, you know, you're smarter than the internet. Myself, when it comes to these things, or the internet, and, and so it was almost like foolish of me to even try and and quiz you. Those you good know, questions. so much about all of these buildings. It's just beyond impressive. Chris, what do you have a favorite a favorite building downtown? Hmm. that you can think of or that you had a special experience in an old historic one or just one that
0: is I, there I really like the um, Global business accelerator building.
1: Okay okay because
0: I used to um, that's I South the Main name Street. Of it. But I used to go down there, and when there's millworks, and, yeah. and they were kind of grungy. Now there's a lot of startup companies. Yeah. the Bit Factory's in there. Right. I don't know the name of it, but I think that's probably my favorite building.
1: Very cool. I love that you said that. Those are converted. Um, it's like an industrial space converted into really cool loft spaces and and offices. Uh, again, if if you're not familiar, it is down South Main Street, across the street from Gojo,
0: next to Spaghetti Warehouse. So that
1: was yeah. the
2: old Goodrich.
0: The old Goodrich Tire Company. Okay. I like how they
1: renovated that whole area. There's picnic tables outside. And again, there's walking paths along the canal. We ride our bikes and walk along there again in the spring to see the goslings. Everybody go see the goslings in May. Can't Mm -hmm. wait for that. Well, I don't know if you have anything that you want to talk about or promote in terms of the wine or anything else. Um, We usually talk events at the end. but. Again, you mentioned a couple places people can find um, your labels. Mustard Seed, yep. Crave, any place else that we're forgetting?
2: Um, Summit West Point Market. Okay. Um, i trying to think. Swiss- they have a new location, right? Uh, yes, on uh-huh. Shaiwassee. Okay. Shaiwassee. Um, a place called Swisters in the way down south. What a fun name, Swisters. <laughs> Swisters. Um, grapes in a glass in Canton other places fun we are bringing in a winemaker in may um to do some special dinners. so do watch our facebook page for news on where those are awesome some fun things going on with that we call it mac in may his name is uh mcdonald is is his last name so he's referred to as mac mac mcdonald and he'll be coming into town in may so some fun wine dinners going on with that. Is
1: there some a website where they can kind of follow up and check this? Yeah, information? they can check
2: our our Facebook page, which is Bottle to Glass. Okay. Or look for Bottle to Glass
1: Akron. Nice. Well, thank you very very much for being here. Thank you for educating us. Um, you are a wealth of information. Obviously, it was I wish fun. I wish we had thought. I guess I had thought of things like this before, but I thought. Or I wish we implemented these talks like during lunch on the music stage. That would be so fun to you know, just have people like you who do incredible things and have so much to offer just in terms of a great conversation um, behind your profession to offer the masses who I think would all take interest in topics like this. Maybe it's just me. I'm enamored. <laughs> there's what you there's say. a lot
2: to talk about in Akron. We have some great history. So I hang on every it's word.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people would appreciate the stories behind the buildings that they see every day and mm-hmm. recognize and know
1: like the 3 point spot that used that at one time that was a flower and seed shop right yes. you know just things that like thing. that the history is, is so neat um, and you do such beautiful work so thanks. thank you on thanks. behalf of everybody thank you
2: thanks love my
1: city chris if you ever need anything restored you know who to, you know who to call
0: i certainly do yeah,
1: yeah. i'm here to help in any way Ooh. i can <laughs> put people in touch with people that's thanks, what i Liz. that's what you th- do Thank you both so much. Do you have any events you want to cover?
0: Yeah, just a couple here real quick. Um, Tomorrow is Full Circle Storytelling, Jilly, 7 p.m. Anybody can show up, tell a story, open mic for storytellers. Uh, Thursday is a postcard writing party at 4 p.m. I think it's part of the uh, postcards with Smart Studio and some other folks i think um, um crafty to mart support is the hosting arts. it so crafty mart okay Through that the, makes sense it's, uh,
1: yeah it's part of the i have that here too sorry the advocate for the arts project um, okay. advocate for the advocate for the arts postcard writing party hosted by crafty mart at the art museum
0: and there are ways to contact our representatives so there's something you know productive will come from creating the art um thursday also latoya ruby frazier at the akron art museum uh, a noted photographer um, and this week weekend electric pressure cooker on March 25th Saturday 8 p.m. at aqueduct that's another open mic for all kinds of different performers and then next week we've got uh, death of a man the devil's milk part one it opens March 30th at New World Performance Laboratory in uh, Highland Square Bulch Balch theater great uh, theater company And Big Love Festival, April 1st, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the Well Community Development Corporation. A full day of artists and musicians and workshops and people practicing yoga and Reiki and um, massage and all kinds of different types of holistic uh, therapies Um, and workshops on community building and and just an all-around great event. So $5 suggested donation for that.
1: It is a huge event. Uh, Zach and his crew have done a great job with that over the years. Uh, I have um, at EJ Thomas Hall coming up tomorrow, if you hear this podcast in time, uh, is Jazz Fest 2017. And, again, that's Wednesday, March 22nd. It's going to have the John uh, Fedcock and Faculty Jazz Combo. um, Also coming up, uh, and this is at the Civic, on Thursday this week, is Rhythm in the Night. An irish dance spectacular so if you're still in the saint patty's day mood or just appreciate good irish uh, dancing and which is always a lot of fun to watch with great music uh, that's at the civic this thursday um, also at the art museum on thursday lots going on this thursday uh, this would be after the postcard writing event that chris mes- mentioned so this is at 6 30 p.m. is knitting 101 with harps and thistles Uh, Yarn Emporium Company and that's at the museum uh, for $15 for members or $20 for non-members. And always keep in mind it's free to get into the art museum uh, in terms of general admission on Thursdays and that they're open till 9 p.m. I want to highlight Square Records today. They're always getting new stock in. Uh, Some of their new items right now include music, uh, a band called Spoon, there's Midori Tadaka, Crystal Fairy, Ty Seagal and Julian Baker. Those are some of their new records that they've gotten in just in the past week. They also have their um, uh, Square Record Day or uh, Record Days, you know, sort of annual events in their shop next month. Uh, That's going to take place in April. Look for that on their Facebook page. Right now, the Highland Theater is playing Beauty and the Beast, and united a united kingdom is playing at the nightlight um here in the historic district i always like to recommend that people check out what's going on at the high street hop house the brand new pub upstairs from urban eats we also have the wine bar Uh, there's the akron coffee roasters on high street there's crave of course and the blue jazz club and musical lots of fun in this neighborhood uh, that we know and love so well but there's always fun things going on all throughout downtown, if you go to downtownakron.com, you'll find an events tab. Uh, it'll point you in the right direction for all kinds of fun things. But it's always fun to just find things in your own neighborhood. Just get out there and explore. Akron's great for that. Sure is. Well, mister, till next time. Miss,
0: well, till next time. <laughs> As always, keep it an Akron day. An Akron
1: day. day.